Hey, it's Timmy Whispers from Stacey King's Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure you can take on any adventure. I'm planning on going river rafting this weekend, and I'm ready to head out on the trails with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Happy New Year, everyone. We hope 2023 is going to be your best year yet. We are excited about uh, a lot of things coming up on the show. Give me the Hot Sauce podcast, now found on the Odyssey app. We've got all kinds of big things planned for the coming year. Stacy continues to bring incredible A-list guests, and we promise you we'll continue to do that throughout the year. We're looking forward to a, a big season for the show, and we want to wish a happy anniversary to Timmy Whispers and his lovely wife, Maureen. 30 years of abuse, it continues in all realms of my life. Wow. <laughs> That's a good way to start okay. the show, too. You know what? Yeah. Oh, if he good. comes back with a black eye, you know Maureen got him because he... See, yeah. I, know, I know she's not a listener. That's what well, I have going wow, for she's me. not a listener? No. Just, make, make sure she clicks oh, wow. like and subscribe, though, okay? Because yes. we, we need to grow the YouTube audience. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, 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 I'll talk to her about it. <laughs> so what are your big plans? I guess uh, we're recording on a Tuesday because Stacy's going to be on the road traveling to Philadelphia on Thursday. So uh, it was actually yesterday, your anniversary, right? That's right. Everyone gets married right after New Year's. It's, yeah, it's a good choice. Why, yeah, why was that the, the choice? It goes along with all the bad choices I've made in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps digging himself. Like whispers. Whispers. No, I'm, talking, wow. I'm talking about January 2nd, not, oh, okay. not being married. Uh, yeah. There was an ice storm, actually, the... Day I got married and people were smashing into each other and yet every single person we invited showed up in Rockford, Illinois, of all places. I was going to ask where was it? Rockford. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful Rockford, Illinois. Rock yes. City, baby. Stacy Coach, there. Man. The home of the Rockford Lightning, baby. <laughs> That's right. Yes. When he yes. he'd have me come out there, I was very familiar with the town. Yes. It made it very easy. Yes. So who did you meet first, your wife or Stacy? Well, he met uh, his wife first. But I met them both at the same place. Is that right? Yeah. At the health club. Yeah, Forest Grove. Yeah. He was that creepy guy when I was in the shower <laughs> and I was walking out with a towel around me. He's sitting there, he's just staring at me. And I'm like, hey, buddy, you got a problem? Yeah. He's like, I know you. I'm like, mm, I don't think we know each other. <laughs> Not like this. Not with a towel. No, I'm just playing America. He was, <laughs> Timmy, no, Timmy Whispers, wow. he's, he's, my, he's my oldest friend. How about that? Of all that. my friends that yeah. I have in my inner circle, because we have, we have this inner circle called the Hangover Boys, Hangover, Hangover Crew Boys. He's the oldest friend. That I have. No, I take that back. No, no, I'm not. Skip. Yeah, Skip. Skip Pastore. Shout out to my boy Skip Pastore. I've seen the picture to yes, prove it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Skip Pastore over in Lockport, Illinois. He's my oldest friend because I met him on a cruise when I came out of college, him and his wife, Ann. Um, we met on a cruise. But Tim is my second oldest friend. 
So we met over at the Hell Club, you know, when I was looking for a place to play basketball. Yeah. At, he's That's where I met him. So is Maureen's jersey retired? Is that hanging from the rafters? Well, she was an aerobics instructor there, so her, her unit tired is, is retired. <laughs> he, he, she was his personal cheerleader. Is that right? Yeah, she comes she out. She comes to all the games Go, and stuff? Tim, go. Go, oh, Tim, nice. go. That's right. Yes, so happens yeah. today. I'm, yeah. I get cheered on. Yes. Yeah, let me tell you. Tim Tim had his own little cheering section. Right? So wow. We're, we're, in a, we're in a playoff game. We're, we, had a, uh, we had a little playoff tournament and um, at the, a league game. And so Tim brought his mom, his dad, nice. his uncles and aunts and the neighbors. <laughs> Big shoulder video they had, camera. They had a video camera. They had a big sign. Tim is, a, Tim is our son. And I was, oh, like, I was like, wow, cheering section. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> Just mom, like his mom didn't know anything about basketball, but <laughs> and, she was cheering her son on. And after the game, they came up to you. Why is the NBA guy getting all the shots? Why does hey, our no, son no, get it? No, 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 Mark. Wait a minute. I was very unselfish, okay? Yeah. Until the very end. When we needed to win, that's when I took over. <laughs> but I let, I let Tim and all these other guys get their shots off. I was always an assist. That's why I'm the leader in assist yeah. uh, at Forest Grove. And I'm also leading scorer, leading rebounder, leading shot blocker. All my numbers. That's why my jersey's retired and Tim's yeah. not. It's okay. like that special story where I get the last shot at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and you had your own cheering section, so that's yes, pretty that's good. Right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk a lot of basketball coming up. We have a special guest. Nick Friedel is going to join us. You either love him or you hate him, but he's fun to listen to, and we always love having him on Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. But first, we do want to address the big national story that happened last night in Cincinnati. Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, dropped to the ground after making a tackle, and he had to have CPR performed for multiple minutes, was taken by ambulance to the hospital. The last report we have, he's still listed in critical condition, but uh, his vital signs have been good, and, and the hope is that he'll be able to make a full recovery. Uh, guys, I was listening to... Hub Arkish on the radio before we came in to tape the show. And Hub had a similar experience where he was leaving Hallis Hall and he just passed out on the sidewalk. He had one of the team employees for the Bears perform CPR. They were able to get him in the hospital. He had a rough four, five, six months of rehab and it was touch and go for a while. But Hub said on the radio that the fact that DeMar Hamlin is 24 years old at peak physical condition, he's got a lot of good things going for him. And we, on the Game of the Hot Sauce crew, we, we send our prayers out to him and his family. Hopefully, him being so young, he'll be able to recover. But the scene, Stacey, uh, during that game was something that I've never seen before. Obviously, you were calling the Bulls-Cavs last night, so you didn't get a chance to see it. Well, I, I did get a chance to see it because my, my phone was blowing up yeah. from everyone asked me, did I see it? And I was like, well, you know, what are you talking about? And they said, a guy just, you know, completely collapsed on the field after a tackle. And it's something that you don't see, something that you've never seen in any kind of. I mean, the last time I saw something like that was Hank Gathers. Oh, know, my gosh. And, yeah. And, and do it during a game. And I thought I'd never see that again. And to see it in a football game on a big game like that, that was a that was a game for first place I yeah. think in the a AFC. Uh, and he just made a routine tackle, just a routine tackle um, and gets up, looked like he was fine. And all of a sudden he just crumpled. And so I, I, we were doing the Cavs game, and I think it might have been the third quarter of that game. And I, I just looked, went on, went online, went on Twitter, and read it and looked at it, and I, and I was just, I, my stomach just turned, you know, because the when when they were reporting is that he lost consciousness, they had to bring him back to life, uh, low pulse. Uh, you never want to see something like that. You never. His family was in the stands. His his son. Uh, you you never want to see that, or you never want to experience that, and. I don't know how the players will ever get over that. You know, oh, no, seeing that, right? And then you have you have a guy like you know Skip Bayless, you know, making a comment talking about the game should have been played. They should have continued to play. Then there's rumors said that uh, the NFL said give him 15 minutes to 
to get over it and then get back out there and play. I mean, how insensitive. Like that game, they they did the right decision. Whoever made that final call and said, "No, get it's over. We're not doing it. We right. don't. We're not playing the rest of this night." They made a they made a great call because th- those guys who were on that field, and you watch, there was guys crying. There was guys emotionally wrecked from that. There's no way in the world that anyone would be able to play in those circumstances. Yeah, we know football is a brutal game. There's all kinds of injuries that we've seen over the course of watching it over the you know the 75 year history of the league, but seeing. The looks on the players' faces, and you know the broadcasters having to try to figure out what was going on down on the field, and all the coverage that we saw on television afterwards, it, it was just uh, just almost surreal watching that. And, and Tim, you shared something with us. You had experience early in your life. Yeah, I had cardiac arrest as well when I was a child, yeah. a couple times. Things that we learned about Tim we didn't even know. I mean, that's <laughs> that's pretty amazing. So, what were your thoughts when you saw this was happening? Well, the, just the oddity of it. I mean, it's it's very rare, and it's usually some other different kind of circumstance. So to be hit and have cardiac arrest is a super yeah. rare occurrence. It's usually something else going on. So I've never seen anything like that before. And the usually video of his mom defect. being at, in Cincinnati, you know, the, yeah. they, they showed video of him greeting his mom before the game, and, and she had to, you know, go to the ambulance, uh, the hospital. That, that had to be the most frightening thing ever. Yeah, usually it's a defect well in advance. Yeah. And, uh, in my case, it was allergies, but that's um, another story. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a, a wild thing to have happen. So we we send out again our thoughts and prayers to Demar Hamlin and his family. Hopefully, he will be able to make a full recovery. And as Stacy was in the middle of calling a game, it had a lot of twists and turns last night. The Bulls are up by 21 points in the second quarter, and then we saw Donovan Mitchell, who's generously listed as a, you know six three guard, score 71 points, the most points scored in an NBA game since Kobe Bryant went off for 81 back in I believe 2006. When you were watching this, did you realize the the points were piling up the way they were for Donovan Mitchell? <sighs> yeah, I know. I know. America. I'm not going to take anything away from Donovan Mitchell's performance. It was an awesome performance. It was it's once in a lifetime you see someone do that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I was there when Michael scored 69 in Cleveland, and I thought I'd never see anyone ever do that again. You know, and then Kobe did 81. Um, and then I saw 70, 71 yesterday. I'm like, wow, like that's impressive, but not taking anything away from Donovan Mitchell is an awesome player, but the officiating that game, excuse me, America was horseshit. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest. It was the worst second half officiating I've ever seen in my life. Mitchell shot 25 free throws in the third quarter. It was like automatic. Every time he drove, it was a foul. It was. And then the bulls, I mean, there's a play where DeMar DeRozan is driving on Okuru and gets fouled. And then uh, Chetty Osmond came over and clipped him in the head. No call whatsoever. He falls on the ground, crumples to the floor. No call. And then you came back on the other end. A guy drives to the basket. Mitchell drives to the basket. And someone said hello to him, and they called a foul. It was it was really – it was obvious, like, the second half that they went in. Um, the J.B. Bickerstaff was on them the whole game about the foul call. Um, these were two teams that are good enough that let the players decide the game. You know, if that guy, if Donovan Mitchell has 71 and the, the foul discrepancy is equal, say, whoo-hoo, you know, great for him. You know, but he's too good of a player to allow that kind of situation happen, going to the free throw line 25 times. Come on now. Because people say, well, he was being he was being fouled. Well, I mean, according to the referees, he was. But when you look at the game, it's no different than what we were doing on the other end. And DeMar is a guy who who loves contact. And him not getting fouls, I think – I think at one point in the second half, they had like 24 fouls called on the Bulls to like 13 or 12 for Cleveland. Um, 
the foul discrepancy was a joke. And you were just waiting for them to 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 turn it around and say, okay, enough. You know, because I, I have a feeling officials look at the game. Um, I know back in my day they did. You know, they, you know, first half a team may get calls and then they say, okay, wait a minute, this, this team got too many calls. We got to balance it out a little bit. Okay. I've seen that. Okay. But yesterday was oh, oh, I was fuming. Like I don't and I never say anything about it. Yeah. I don't get into that. You know, I, my job is to call the game and, and be, you know, don't, you know, be unbiased to what I'm seeing out there. Call the game the way I see it. And I called the game the way I saw it yesterday. There was a foul discrepancy in the second half. The officials kind of took over that game and dictated that game. And Donovan Mitchell is too good of a player to allow to shoot 25 free throws. You let anybody shoot 25 free throws, they're going to score 60 points in a game. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're getting, especially if you're already scoring, you put 25 free throws on, say, 30 points. I mean, come on. It's easy to score those kind of points. And even with the uh, bad officiating, the Bulls had a lead late in the game. Oh, uh, Vooch, Vooch hit a big three to put him up. And, you know, there were a couple of play calls late. The one play where Mitchell drives and tries to dump the ball to Jared Allen. And Allen did a cha-cha in the lane. He took like six steps and then he scored. And there was no call there. And then the last play, of course, when Mitchell had to miss the free throw intentionally, the rule is the shooter can't cross the free throw line before the ball hits the rim. He's clearly yes, in the he's paint. Yes, he's gone. He's, he's clearly gone. in the paint before the ball hits iron. Yes, he violated that. It's like uh, Article 9 or something in the in the rule book. You know, that, that ball has to hit the rim before he can yeah. cross that you know free throw line. And I called it. Regardless of what the situation is, uh, they didn't call it, but you still have a job to do. Your job is to box out the shooter, and it didn't happen. Um, whether it was somebody was, whether, you know, Patrick Williams got over there late, whether he just, you know, passively didn't box out hard enough. Um, because what they did was they ran across. They sent, they sent uh, Drummond's guy over to set a cross screen for Robin Lopez, and Robin comes up, which right. opens up that lane for Donovan Mitchell to run straight to the basket if you don't box him out, if you don't stay in front of him. Two things should have happened on that play. Uh, you know, Patrick Williams maybe should have face guarded and kept him in front of him without fouling or get his body completely in front of him where he can't get to where that rebound was. Is he, If he's in front of him and he sees where the ball comes off at, all he has to do is just kind of mirror him and stay in front of him and he doesn't get that rebound. It's a simple game, but it should have never got to that point, Mark, to be honest with you. You're up 21. Everything's going good. And this is what happens with this team is when you stop scoring, it's time to go into Vooch. It's time to get the ball inside to Vooch. Stop the jump shots. Stop taking bad shots and get the ball inside to your big man and say, carry us home, big guy. We're going to come to you now. We need, you know, we need you to score inside for us, get to the foul line. It slows the tempo of the game down, runs some clock, and it doesn't give that team, the other team, any momentum because now they have to play defense for 24 seconds on the shot clock. And then you got a big guy who was killing Allen down low. The last two games, he when he's inside, Allen couldn't do anything with them. And they just go away from that. And it's like, it's basketball IQ. It's understanding situations and what's best. Um, and not taking anything away from, from DeMar because, you know, again, he had a stellar game. But at the end of that game, J.B. Bickerstaff made a huge adjustment that the Bulls never really adjusted to. They took Jared Allen and put him on DeMar yeah. DeRozan. And he stayed right about the free throw line extended where DeMar likes to get to his, his spots where that mid-range game is effective. So that forced, and he moves his feet extremely well, and he has good length. He, he's one of the few big men that can actually stay in front of smaller players. So every time DeMar went isolation, he was right there. And then when DeMar would pull up, he was pulling up further 
than what he normally does. And so is that one of the... Yeah, the NBA two-minute report and its infinite wisdom has just been released. Casey Johnson, our good friend, tweets out that, as expected, they ruled that Jared Allen should have been called for traveling with 12.1 seconds left, which cut the lead to one, and that Donovan Mitchell committed a lane violation on his putback at four Yes. So great. And then the game we did Saturday, they said yes. DeMar DeRozan should have should have gotten a foul that, call. You know what? On his I, last I would prefer, attempt. Mark, that you don't say this. Yeah. Because, you know, their their reasoning for saying this is because of the gambling allegations that uh, Don, Tim Donahue had a few years back. They want to be, everything has to be transparent now. So when they miss a call, they want the public to know the call was missed. But by putting this out here, you still kind of make people think that there is betting going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's better yeah. not to even put anything out there because even doing this and you're thinking you're letting people know and you're being transparent, like, yeah, we, we, as the NBA, the eye in the sky, we saw that they missed these calls. But when you see this come out, now this has been twice now. There's been at least three games the Bulls have yeah. had this happen to them where they should have won a game and it was taken away from somebody both, not making Both the DeMar game winners were. Yes. Yeah, L2M. So, so by putting this out here, it makes you think like, okay, yeah, but we can't do anything about it. We can't return. We can't go back and play that game over. We can't give the Bulls a win because it's already been decided. But you're putting this out here and you got people going, well, why did you tell us this? Yeah, it doesn't do any good. It doesn't good do any good. So just keep it because people are going to think what they want about the officials. Like Ohio yesterday just made gambling legal this past, like yesterday. I think it was open. Yeah, it was. And so some of the people on Twitter you know, they were like, oh, yeah, no wonder. Oh, you know, they got yeah. the gambling open in Ohio. And I I don't believe that. You know, I just believe that some of these officials are inexperienced in the NBA game. You know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, the old veteran officials are starting to retire. They're starting to, even when you do have in the game, they're allowing these younger officials to dictate the game. And some of these younger officials call the game like they're calling the NCAA tournament game. And the athletes are bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Uh, they're quick to call technical fouls on people. Uh, if someone looks at them the wrong way, technical. You know, if someone says something, technical. And it's like, dude, like the people did not come here to see you. They didn't right. come to see the ref run up and down the court blowing a whistle. Now I'm going to go see, you know, Jack Johnson. He's blowing a whistle tonight against the Bulls and the Cavs. <laughs> and nobody going to games to see no, officials. No. And that goes from the fans and that goes from the imposing team. They want to see a good basketball game. That was a good basketball game for a half. And then for, uh, for the Bulls side, it was great for the first half. For Cleveland side, it was good for the second half, and it was really bad for us. But at the end of the day, it should have never got there. 21-point lead, finish, finish them, and let's move on. What was the other last two-minute call against the Bulls where there's a, the feign foul? DeMar, it was DeMar again. No, no, the one where they the said the Bulls fouled, and then afterwards. Well, that was DeMar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, right, right. Yeah, terrible. So, yeah, they've been the victim terrible. of it. There's no question about it. I, mm. I know that uh, you got a dinner reservation. So is uh, Christopher Walken going with you? Is this going to be a threesome? Oh, a threesome? <laughs> no, not oh, you know, at dinner. At oh, dinner. my God, Mark. <laughs> we got a freak in the house. Mark, it's a threesome. Christopher Walken. Oh, and, and Timmy Whispers. So I, I always plan on threesomes whenever <laughs> I go out with a couple. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> so we thought before you had to go, we'd get Christopher Walken to tell the folks about the hot sauce and how they can get their own bottle. Oh, all right. All right. And then you you and Whispers and Maureen could have your dinner yeah, together. Your threesome. And you can pack some hot sauce. You and you and you and uh Christopher Walker do some uh, hot sauce packing. It's gonna be hot and saucy. You can count on it. Are you looking to score the hottest sauce in the game? Well, you're in luck. We've got all the sauces your kitchen needs from Chicago Fire, 1871. The hottest of the bunch to our king's favorite. 
St. Pat's Verde. Give me the hot sauce. It's got you covered. Stop by GiveMeTheHotSauce.com and use code KING21 to get 21% off your first order. That's right. And soon to be appearing in uh, Jewel Food Stores in Chicagoland. Is yes. it throughout the state or just Chicagoland? We're working on the shippers now. The but, shippers. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't packing them. I know that. <laughs> you get your guy whispers to work overtime. No kidding. Stacey's schedule's not helping the Bulls much in the next uh, week or so. A lot of tough games coming up. Brooklyn on Wednesday night. America. Winning 12 in a row. America. This might be the hardest NBA schedule yeah. I've ever been part of in my 30 years of abuse. being a player. <laughs> it's abuse. Yeah. This year's abuse. Yeah. It's a mental abuse. It's physical abuse. Um, you know, my biggest question is, you know, with, with COVID going on, do, do does the NBA take into consideration that when you're playing this many games, you're wearing people's immune system down? Because like, there's yeah. no rest in between games. You know, I looked at the schedule in December. 30, we had 31, 31 days in December. The Bulls played 16 of those 31 days. Yeah. We had like 12 off days in between those things. And those off days, most of those off days were travel days. So you're really not getting off days. You're traveling on an off day. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not rest. You know, you're right. on a plane. Um, and there's, I mean, I, yesterday, I swear, to, I'm an energetic person when it comes to my job. I love what I do. Um, yesterday I was dragging in. I mean, literally I was dragging myself in to get to the game yesterday. I was so tired. Um, and then once the light comes on, you know, poop, I'm, I'm ready to go. But when the game was over, I dragged myself back out to the bus. I was mad as hell with the way the game turned out. So that made it worse. And then I got on a plane and I just fell asleep like a little baby, you know, and then I got home, jumped to the bed, uh, you know, and just watched a little TV because it takes me a little time to wind down. But I'm physically worn out, physically and mentally worn out. And then you got to come in and you do, you know, the award-winning Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast, which I would never miss. <laughs> I don't care how tired I am, America. I'm coming to do the show, no matter what. We're shooting early today because I'm going out of town. And I didn't want to do it on location in, in uh, you know, wherever I'm at. Philly. I think in Philadelphia. Yeah. And uh, I decided to do it early with my, my crew. They came in early. Everybody's here. I'm just happy to see the hot sauce crew. You know, we got Dangerous D here. We got Francisco. We got Nikki Knuckles. There they and are. then we got we got Maddie, our producer over there, one of our one of our associate producers. And look at look at all those little cute kids. <laughs> yeah, cute kids. <laughs> Energetic. They never get yeah, tired. They don't ever get right. tired. So we just, you know, it's 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 good to come in here because I, I do have a lot of fun doing this show. So I've got to I gotta muster some energy. I think tomorrow I'll have some Chicago Fire 1871 to wake me up to go get ready for the game tomorrow. <laughs> You know, we'll talk more about the uh, Nets 12-game winning streak with, with Nick Friedel, our special guest. He covers that team home and away, so we'll get some insight on what's going on there. They are now second in the Eastern Conference. They've been playing some fantastic basketball. And Stacey, the question I want to ask you is, what in the world's happened to defense? I mean, it seems like no teams really take pride in it anymore. We had Lucas scored 60 last week. We had Mitchell 71. Clay Thompson had 54 last night. And I think there were like five or six guys that had 40 or more. What, what's happened to defense oh, in the NBA? Man, it's, it's teams don't play it. I mean, yeah. they're, these guys in this league, Mark, is more concerned about offense. You know, get up as many threes as possible. Let's just outscore the opposition. Uh, there's no pride in defense. Guys don't take pride in stopping a guy. You know, back in those days when we played, you know, I mean, a guy like John Paxson, for instance, wasn't the quickest guy, you know, wasn't the most athletic guy. 
But John could play defense. John would stay in front of guys like, you know, people say, well, he wasn't playing against anybody. He's playing against plumbers. Okay. No, yeah, John, right. John, John Paxson <laughs> guarded Isaiah Thomas in his prime. Yeah. You know, he guarded John Stockton in his prime, Mark Price in his prime, Mark Jackson in his prime. You know, these are Doc Rivers in his prime. You know, these were all Derek Harper in his prime. There were a lot of really great point guards mm -hmm. in those leagues, and he never got beat. We never had to double and hurt, you know, help him out. Um, you know, we were always connected to a string as Johnny Bach, the late great Johnny Bach, the defensive coordinator for the Bulls during those championship runs, first repeat. Um, we were always connected by a string. So if one guy went to help, it pulled the other guy over to take his man. So it's help the helper. So if you get beat, Mark, my job is to rotate over and help you. And then someone's got to help me. And then someone's got to help the other guy. So it, we're connected by a string. And so when you watch games now, if a guy gets beat, he's going all the way to the basket. Gone right he's to gone. the cup. He's gone. Yeah. He's gone. Now, the, the three-point shooting, the reason why guys are so open on three-point shooting is because the rotations, you have to get a second and third and fourth effort to get out to a three-point shooter. And some guys are like, oh, shit, I don't know if I want to rotate over there right now. I think I'm going to stay right here. He'll miss it. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah, and they don't right run right. out. Yeah. So, so when you – and what's killing the game is, is that when you set a pick and roll between the one, the point guard, the power forward, or the center, they're allowing those guys to dive to the basket. And those guys like, you know, Jared Allen, um, you know, Clint Capella, who don't shoot jumpers, are getting dead runs to the basket on the backside. They just throw lobs to them all day long. And then when you rotate, if you don't rotate to stop that, they're going to score. So then what happens, you rotate to the big guy. Stop the drive, take away the lob. And then no one gets out to the corner to the guy who's in the corner who you were guarding. So that guy's wide open. So that's why guys are sitting there wide open. They need to bring 90s basketball back, defense, the defensive strategies, because this is, you know, the NBA has always been a copycat league. It's whatever teams are doing that are good. Well, let's do, let's, let's run Tom Thibodeau's Boston defense where we force everything to the corner. Well, if you don't have Kevin Garnett, who's a Hall of Fame defensive player, uh, you don't have, you know, Rajon Rondo, who's a great on-ball defender. You don't have Ray Allen, who's a very solid, you know, help defender. Or Paul Pierce, who's a very good defender. You can't run that kind of defense because if you run that kind of defense, Mark, you set yourself up for backside lobs or three-point shooting. And I don't really think teams really work on defense as much because, oh, here's another problem, is that everybody runs the same offense. Every team runs pick and roll. 95% of the NBA runs the same pick and roll. So, when you see something every day in a game, you can guard that. It's when you see different offenses that is that really makes you struggle. Because it's like, okay, you put the triangle in. Triangle, no one knew what we were doing in the triangle because there were so many different options and different plays off the triangle. So it's like, how do we stop this? We take this away. Oh, we got it. they got four options. There's nothing we could do about that. But if I'm running pick and roll, it's like, okay, it's going to be a pick and roll between one and five. We have to decide whether we're going to let this man dive or we're going to let this man roll back for a wide open jumper. Or we're going to switch. Everybody switches. So you got a big on little, which is a mismatch. And you got a little on a big, which is a mismatch. Now, right. it all depends on what kind of team, where you want to take advantage of that mismatch. You're going to let your guard just beat him off the dribble, which will happen. And then that's where you find the shooters in the corner. Or you let the big guy go, oh, wait a minute, mouse in the house. I'm rolling down. Now swing the ball, throw the ball into the big man, and let him go up against a little six-foot-two guard. So you, you pick your poison. So that's one of the biggest issues. Stop the switching. Make guys play defense. Back in the 90s, there were no switching unless we were same size. So if me and you were the same size, we would switch. We were both, you know, 6'10". Switch, Mark. You take yeah, my man, yeah. I take your man. But I'm not ever switching with John Paxson's man because that's a mismatch. Even though I can move my feet and, and slide and glide and stay in front of him, 
Because all you have to do is stay in front of him two slides. If you stay in front of a guard two slides, you make him pick up his dribble and pass the ball. But these guys, they can't stay in front of one slide. That guy's already around him. Yeah, it's been tough. You know, I love three-point shooting, but the game has really deteriorated at times into just a three-point shooting contest. We just don't see the defense we used to, and and that's led to some really ugly scores around the league. Uh, it's helped a lot of the young teams that have got three-point shooters that have a lot of athletes, but you'd like to see more defensive strategy involved in the game. We're going to we're gonna cut whispers loose. You've got a dinner reservation. So, yep. uh, again, happy anniversary to you and Maureen. Thank you very much. Maureen, if, you, if you're listening, which we doubt you are. <laughs> well, he already said she, she I know, that's really dirty. He's on the show and his wife doesn't even listen Great to him. Great support from his She doesn't even listen to her husband. That, so obviously she's not listening to him when they're at the house. If she's not listening to the show, she sure in hell ain't listening to him when he's, when he's home. Hey, honey, what's for dinner? She just walks yeah. right by, doesn't hear him. You I don't know? blame her. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't so, listen either. So let her, let her know that we, just we like said whispers. Uh, happy yeah. anniversary. And uh, where are you guys going to dinner? Not telling you. We might show Why not? Up. What are you be groupies there? See, look, look, see, see, look, see that? Yeah. This is what happens when I want to get on the boat. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not telling you. You might show up at <laughs> well, the lake. We'll this Coop. is what I have to deal with. Just tell me where you're going. I'm not I, going. Actually, it's Cooper's Hawk because I think they're going to be a new sponsor soon. Because I just you? said it. You going to Cooper's Hawk for real? Yeah. Which one? St. Charles. Oh, what time? <laughs> See what I mean? Stacy, we got the rest of the show to do. So okay. I don't think we'll, right, maybe, maybe we'll get there for Come by for dessert. I was we'll going to show up. You should. I want some wine. We're going to do some wine and dessert. Uh, are you driving or you got, you got uh, Windy City? Uh, no, I, I, I called them. They said no discounts. So was, uh, <laughs> oh, come on, man. I'm sorry. Hey, Mike, 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 hey, Mike, Mike Amaral said, hell no. Sorry. <laughs> See, every, time I mean? I, every time I've asked Mike, hey, Mike, Jim wants to use you. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't work no, for I don't work for Mike. I don't work for you, Stace. So shout out to Mike. He's out, he's, there doing, yeah. he's out there climbing walls right now, working on his uh, lats. He's out there climbing walls right now, getting ready. It's raining. He's playing the Rocky theme in his ear right now, and he's, he's climbing and doing lat pulls. We're going to tell you about another great sponsor, our buddy Jeff Vukovic. When Jeff. it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure to contact the king of insurance. That's our friend, nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. You see him at the Bulls games. You yes. see him supporting Chicago's baseball teams, the Blackhawks, everybody. You can reach Jeff at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And you had a conversation with him, Whispers, right? He's going he's gonna to come here? Uh, yes, he's planning on it in late January here after he gets back from the Big AZ. We'll look yeah, forward yeah, to seeing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's about Everyone's as, welcome in the Sriracha He's about studios. as red as, uh, red as <laughs> Whispers. Whispers last time I saw him out there. <laughs> Whispers, since yeah, you that's made hard that, to do. Since you made that, that is hard to do. Yeah, it is hard to do because you look like you've just been baked and, and, and rotisserie <laughs> cheese. <laughs> twice baked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Whispers, hit it. Yeah. No, no, no. Sing, no, no, sing, sing your way out. You, you, sing way out of here. you killed me last week. Sing your way out here. I won't kill you. Go ahead. Nationwide. Oh, stop it right there. <laughs> See, there it it's is. It's over. It's over, America. <laughs> I had to, I had to step in. It was horrible. I'm sorry. Sorry. Hey, Tito, Tito, Tito Jackson, it's hey, over, okay? Thank God uh, it's hey, over. Hey, listen, it's, it's this guy. You want the Sriracha crew to sing this week? Finally done. Yeah, Sriracha crew, hit guys. All get together the, get the microphone. Here comes the Sriracha crew. Like the three tenors. Let's hear it. Let's hear buddy Jeff Fukovich, all right? Doing proud. Nationwide. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm wow. sorry. America. One, two, three. Nationwide is on your side. This is why you don't let children come to work. <laughs> this is why you leave your children at home, Child America. Child labor laws. Child labor laws. Leave the sweatshop over here. Leave your children at home. Bring your dog instead. How's that okay? feel, guys? How's that, that feel, good. huh? We want the master. That was good, though. Y'all were better wow. than whispers. Whisper sound like he had a, like something in his throat, like a frog. I don't think I Jeff's going to be calling us asking for a clip of that for all. Say yeah. what you say. You got the mic on. I said I appreciate that. I did a better job than Whisper. We did a better job than Whisper. 
Yeah, I would not, say not I would hard say, to I do about that. I, I would say this: you guys did a much better job. We needed we needed a female voice, Maddie, because Maddie actually sings. She's in a she's in a cover band. Uh, she's uh, uh, her cover band is called Roxy and the Pussycats, and uh, so she was supposed to sing today. She didn't want to sing. You know, Tim, Tim's daughter's a recording artist. Yes. We should have had her come in. Yes, we've been trying to get her to yeah. come in because she sings. Yes, All right, well, but she said she said she said that her dad says he never tells her to come. Oh, see, she sure doesn't have my voice. No, she doesn't. She actually <laughs> can sing. Yeah, she she's on iTunes. She on iTunes. Oh yeah. Give give some give the viewers yeah. a so like, like, like look up Kiara Kelly on iTunes, Amazon, anywhere. How do you spell that? K i a r a Kelly K l l e y. She can actually sing, unlike her dad. She's That's got her true. mother. She's got her mother's looks, and she's got she got Tim's feet. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, sorry, America, America, oh, America. Hey, no. let's, let's take a she's brief time out feet. here. No, 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 Kiara, don't listen to me, baby. Oh, I've been geez. drinking some of your you dad's some beer. Music, D, uh, oh, I'm drunk right Jeff now. Brielle coming up next. We'll, we'll abuse him as well. Next, him, give me that. Hey, look who's here! It's our good buddy Nick Friedel, the number one. Reporter of all Bulls fans across America, Stacy, right? Oh, they all love him. Everybody hey, listen, loves Nick. Listen, they can't put this all on Nick, okay? Nick's my boy, yeah. you know, and he still hasn't paid my bet. But hey, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. No. <laughs> I tried over the summer. I said, Stace, name the time. We couldn't oh, make the time in work. Oh, we are not starting with that. That bet is you know, getting paid. You know, I tried. Let the record show. Nick, I don't remember that. I got to say, <laughs> Nick, Nick, I don't remember that. I just got a short memory. I don't remember that. All I know is, is that, hey, I tried a few calls, a few texts. Like, hey, I'm hungry. Uh, you can do lunch today, breakfast, yeah. you know, buy one, get one free meal. I don't know, whatever. It's like, never got a return text. Oh, I'm in right. Acapulco. Right, 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 right. I'm in Cabo. I'm over here watching the World Cup. And they yet. Wow. Hey, you know, Stacy, now's now's a good time. Wow. Now's a good time for you guys to go double or nothing. Bulls, no, hell Bulls no. Knicks. Hell no. I'm taking the winnings. No, hell no. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Hey, the Bulls and Knicks are about the same right now. No, no, I'm not betting on Mark, Mark, Mark. I'm just trying to Mark, set this up. Mark, you know, Mark. give Nick a chance to win his state Mark, back. I'm giving out throw punches like Christmas presents. Don't <laughs> don't get one. Okay. No, we're not no, we're not doing that. I'm not doing that bet this year. This is not a good time to bring that up now, Mark. Not a good time to bring that up. We just lost to the Rockets a few nights ago. Come on now. Well, you know, Nick, the uh, the Brooklyn Nets were kind of like as the world turns for most of the first couple of months of the season, but all of a sudden they're on fire. The uh, Kyrie KD thing is working perfectly. Uh, they got TJ Warren who's adding scoring punch off the bench. Uh, they're going to get Seth Curry back. You know, it's it's it looks like all hands on deck, and this team is now a legitimate threat in the East. I know there was the coaching change, but what else happened that turned us around? There are three key reasons here, Mark. First and foremost. Kevin Durant is still incredible and he's playing like the MVP of the league. That guy has been everything the Nets ever could have hoped he would be. And the fact that there was all the drama in the summer, is he going to get moved? Does he really want to be there? I don't know if Kevin handled that the, <laughs> the best way he could have. <laughs> I know he didn't, but I will say this. We've seen so many different teams get derailed. And what jumps to mind is, Jimmy Butler with the Timberwolves, Anthony Davis with the Pelicans. When somebody just says, all right, I'm done, that team doesn't recover. To Kevin's credit, he came to training camp, and he has been locked in on what they want to do from that point forward, and he's been awesome. So at the top of the reasons why with the Nets, it starts with Kevin. Second, 
Kyrie gets off that suspension. It's been all about basketball since he came back. He hasn't said or done anything off the floor that has provided a distraction. He's just played. He's been really good. And everybody has kind of followed the lead that Kevin and Kyrie have set. And then there's Jacques Vaughn. And Mark, I'm still not exactly sure how much credit Jacques deserves in the moment. But I would say this, he's listened to his players. And Stace, you can speak to this from all the years that you've been in and around the game. The message that has become very clear is he simplified what's going on. And this team really doesn't practice or have shoot-arounds anymore. They show up to the gym. They might have a walkthrough before a game. But Jacques' point is, hey, if you get 30 minutes in that game, I want your, your whole focus to be on those 30 minutes. Give me everything you got, and we'll play for the the day that's in front of us right now. So the message has been very clear from what he wants to them, and everything is in working order right now in Brooklyn. And, guys, I'm stunned given all the things that led up to this point. How how important was it, you know, Nick, that the management made a hard-line stance to their star players? Because we've seen over the past – years i mean the last 15 years where players have made demands and then the organization buckles and pretty much gives the players what they want how important was them to finally step out and be one of the few organizations say look you're under contract you're going to honor this contract three four years whatever their contracts were and basically just play and we'll we'll do you play basketball and we'll handle the management part of it how important was that for this team i think it was crucial but stace this is the biggest part of why the Nets got through the summer and why they have maintained up to this point. And Kevin Durant talked about it media day. He said, the thing I respected about Joe Sy, the Nets owner, and Sean Marks, the GM, was they said, we're not just going to give you away. And so often when we see a superstar try to force his way out of a situation, the team's just like, all right, well, whatever. And it's very obvious in the conversations they had over the summer that they went back to Kevin and said, hey, look, this is what we're being offered. And Kevin, being the star that he is, having the ego that he has, is like, are you kidding? <laughs> for me? <Yeah. laughs> That's all that that, that is uh, on the table right now for me. So I think there was a, a an acceptance on both sides of what could still be. And within that organization, they, they still hope that good times were ahead. But it's a credit to not only the stance that was taken, but a credit to Kevin for coming back and saying, all right, well, let's see what can happen. And the last month or so, uh, things have been pretty smooth, but the Nets really got some credit across the league, I think, from a lot of different executives and handling it the way that they did. But I think the other part of this is Kevin Durant still could have said, hey, guys, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not messing with this stuff. <laughs> And he didn't push any harder once it was communicated to him what the offers were coming back. Well, there hasn't been a Kyrie Irving uh, meltdown in the last few weeks. So what's the over-under on when he does something crazy and upsets the apple cart again? Mark, that is the toughest thing to <laughs> predict in this, this Nets world that I'm in right now. Kyrie is the most unique character in this entire situation because for as unbelievably great as Kevin Durant is 
Kyrie really sets that tone. And, and from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people always ask me, you know, that his teammates must, uh, must hate him. Yeah. That's not the case at all. The younger guys on this team really like Kyrie. And it's why he has been able to come back off that suspension and fit into the framework of the locker room and, and play his game and do well. But that is what hovers over this team. It's the possibility of an injury with, uh, with Kevin, as we've seen the last couple seasons that has popped up. I mean, look, that's any star in the league. You lose your star, that, that's really the end for a lot of teams. But if Kyrie can just keep his focus on the floor and not say something or do something off of it that upsets the rhythm that the Nets have been in, then there is a chance that they can keep uh, building what they've got now and and maybe surprise some people in the East once the playoffs start. But every night, Mark, we sit in these press conferences, and there's always a Nets PR person. Sean Marks has been in a couple of these. Uh, they just stand in the back, and they're, they just yeah. wait. Hang on. Just, <laughs> they are just they're scared because they don't know what's going to happen. But uh, for the time being, everything seems pretty smooth, and and nobody's ever debated whether Kyrie can still play. He's an incredible player yeah, when he's he out there. It's just all the other stuff that happens. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Ben Simmons. You know, how is he fitting in there now? We know he's not scoring like like we think he can score. Um, I remember watching a video about a couple of weeks ago where he got to the middle of the lane underneath the free throw line, and you heard somebody go, he's not going to shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. And he, and he didn't <laughs> shoot. But how's he how's he fitting in there? What is his role on this team? Is he is he is he the 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 point guard that allows Kyrie to play off the ball? You know, what is his role and how's it changed now since Kyrie's back? I think they're still trying to figure out exactly what that is, Stace. That is in transition as far as the role that Ben is going to have moving forward with this group. What we've seen is he can be an offensive creator, he can push the tempo. He can get his other teammates involved defensively. They've used him at center sometimes. He's provided that that big frame to to push around uh, different guys down low. We've seen his matchup with Giannis. He's not afraid of of the back and forth there. But the reason why I think Simmons has found himself a little bit within Brooklyn is the the, the spotlight is always going to be on Kevin and Kyrie. So long as they're on this team, those two are going to dominate the conversation. Ben Simmons, guys, he, on this team right now, he's just another player in the sense that he can kind of come and go, go as he pleases, and he doesn't have the media obligations every single night that he might have in Philly. And there is not that pressure to deliver every night, especially offensively when you're playing with two of the greatest offensive scores that we've seen at their respective positions. So uh, for the Nets, they're going to need more from Simmons if they want to legitimately contend in the East later in the year. But right now, they're bringing him along slowly. His his back seems to be holding up fine. He's had some other uh, lingering issues, injuries that he's been dealing with. But for the moment, I think that they're getting the solid defensive presence and He's pushing the offense in different places when he can. They're not asking him to do too much, and they don't want to overwhelm him 
as he continues to find his way back after so much time away from the game. All right, Nick, let's let's bring you back to Chicago. I know recently you made an appearance on the uh, Waddle and Sylvie show and they wanted to beat you up uh, for the Bulls uh, becoming a factor in the Eastern Conference. But at the point that you were on, you were kind of in a position of strength there. What's what's your read on what's going on with the Bulls? And do you expect uh, AK to make some changes before the February 9th trade deadline? I remember when the three of us were talking this summer. Yeah. And I said, okay. Do we think that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan can lead this team to a title? And Stace goes, no. And I said, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're done. (laughs) This is the issue. And and so many of my friends back in Chicago seem so frustrated uh, with what's gone on recently. But even if things were great, guys, and this is my point all along for the last couple of seasons, DeMar has far exceeded expectations. Yeah, yes. He's been terrific. Uh, Zach has, has struggled to live up to that deal, and he's been dealing with the knee issues. But even more, I cannot believe from a distance, because I obviously don't live it day to day anymore, how little criticism it seems, at least up to this point, that Karnasovas and Eversley have gotten. I mean, if if the lingering shadow of Garam Pax wasn't still hovering over this team because they were there so long, those guys should be getting crushed. Well, they're they're crushed. in hiding, Nick. They never they don't I, talk at all to the media, which is which is also stunning and and really it's kind of sad because you have such a huge loyal fan base, and and the fans want to hear what's going on and to just disappear. I, you know that's their prerogative, but I don't think that's the best way to go about business. Aside from that, what they've done, I mean, that Vucevic deal, and I don't have to tell you guys, it nope. was awful. <laughs> I mean, it was, and it's getting worse. I mean, that <laughs> that next pick that Orlando's going to get, it it was so, so bad. The Levine-Max deal, I, the biggest mistake they made aside from Vucevic was not dealing Zach in that third year of that deal and, and trying to start fresh there because now you have a, a max contract for a guy who's not a max player. He's just not the type of guy who is going to carry that team through the postseason. So there are a lot of flaws. But to me, as I watch what's going on, even in a best-case scenario, when this team was built and they made those moves, and you have DeRozan and you sign him and you, you commit to Levine moving forward and you make the Vucevic deal and you sign ball despite the fact that he's had all those knee problems before in a best case if everybody was healthy i still see uh, the the ceiling for this team about the second round and now things haven't worked out the way they wanted and it's deteriorating quicker so should they make moves 100 percent, they should mark but that shouldn't uh, make fans lose sight of the fact that they've made a lot of bad moves and all those Chicago fans who were so angry at Garn Pax for so many years, I, I can't believe the lack of vitriol, at least up to this point, uh, that we haven't seen uh, because of all the uh, the issues that this team has at the moment. So when you when you're looking at it from the outside, Nick, because you're not covering the Bulls anymore, but you're you're watching a little bit of some games here and there. Like, how much do you blame the players, or how much onus goes to the coaching staff? And Billy Donovan. When you're this, when you're underperforming at this level, Stace, everybody deserves blame. I mean, you guys are in it day to day. 
I've always respected Billy Donovan from afar, but that team is underperforming. And when a team is underperforming, you point to the coaching staff. Well, what's the problem? Are they not uh, holding guys to the same standards? What, what is the issue? Again, so much of what's gone on to me is uh, people are like, oh, Billy Donovan's a good coach. No question. And he, and he has a, a very, very good track record. But he was replacing Jim Boylan. <laughs> I mean, you could have hired anybody and been like, hey, this is an upgrade. I, that's just the reality of what's going on. So does the coaching staff deserve blame? blame? Absolutely. But again, I, I'm hesitant to pin it all on the coaches' stage just because when the roster was coming together, not just me, you talk to people around the league. Were the Bulls improved? Sure they were. And was it fun the first half of last year when they're beating up on a, a lot of largely bad teams uh, with a soft schedule? Absolutely. But nobody looked at that roster and went, yep, that's going to do it. That's going to bring them all the way back. And, and this is where I always go back to, uh, there were so many people who hated Garn Packs at the end, but their whole mantra was always, we're not going to just build a team that we think might win a playoff series. That's not our goal. Our goal is a title. They, they couldn't accomplish that goal. Go back to Derek's injury. We know how that altered the course of the franchise. But the way the roster construction was with this team, what was the end game? I mean, what, like, who looked at that team and went, yep, like that, that, that looks great. That Vucevic deal is just brutal. And the Levine deal, while he's still a very good player, he's a very good player who's got knee problems. And those don't just go away uh, over time. So I think a lot of it is the talent that was on this roster was overblown into how good they could become. And so uh, it, when you're cutting up the piece of the blame pie, stays, it could go a lot of different directions. But I, I go back to more than Billy and his staff, more than the roster, this is on Karnasovis and Eversley for putting this team together the way they did. Hey, Nick, if they want a total reset, there's been talk that uh, the Knicks have been high on Zach Levine, that they were interested in him when he hit free agency. Tibbs had him in Minnesota. Uh, do you think that they could make a trade with the Knicks, like Levine for Obi Toppin, Cam Reddish, bring Derrick Rose back and a couple of first-rounders? Uh, oh, Mark. I <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Tibbs, all, Tibbs likes his certain guys, you know? Well, but if you love Zach, Zach would still <laughs> exactly Timberwolves. I mean, like, that's why anybody who brings up the Knicks, um, uh, my, my old buddy Tom Waddle was asking me about that the, uh, a few weeks ago. He's like, oh, you know, what about Zach to the Knicks? And I'm thinking, if Tibbs loved Zach Levine so much, there never would have been the... the well, he wanted <laughs> to get Jimmy. He had to give something up to get Jimmy back. Right, but he would have found a way. I mean, we all know Tibbs. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, Zach is not going anywhere. That it, we'll find it from somewhere else, and and that didn't happen. I, 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 I feel like I've been screaming this for four years now. Zach is a very talented offensive player, but if you're going to be a max guy who's going to lead a a, a championship team, or in this case, Mark, if you're going to be a guy who another team trades for and you're acquiring Zach Levine, you get better offensively. Where else are you getting better? How else is he helping you? And the expectations are, are different now, of course, because the money's changed. So I, I, 
Nothing surprised me anymore in the league, especially what I've watched these last few months with the Nets. I think anything is possible, but the, the Levine deal to the Knicks would really surprise me only because Tibbs knows full well that the knees are an issue. He's had them in the past. And for a Tibbs team that is always going to be built on defense and toughness <laughs> and two-way play, I, I don't see it from Zach Levine. I never have. And, and I don't buy that at this stage. Oh, man, I, I love the narrative that was, oh, Zach's going to get better and he's going to do this and that. Where has he gotten that much better in the last couple seasons? I mean, he's a hell of a scorer, but uh, he just doesn't strike me as the type of guy who is a winning player night after night on a team that's really at the top of their game. I, I think the thing that frustrates Bulls fans the most is that you get teased. You get teased by game last night where you find a way to win at the end of the game. You buckle down defensively, get some stops, and then you find yourself winning. They're seven and one against, you know, Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, uh, who, Brooklyn. Uh, and Brooklyn. Yeah. You throw Atlanta in there. They're one, you know, they've they've beaten Atlanta as well, too. Um, and it's very frustrating because then you see a game like the Rockets, who come in here with only three road wins with a bunch of kids and run you off, run you off the floor. Minnesota scores 150 against you that without two star players in in Towns and and uh, Gobert and you give up 150 to that team and I think that's what frustrates a lot of people here is like okay which team is going to show up tonight because you remember you you made a comment earlier last year they beat up on the teams they were supposed to beat up on they fed on those teams this year they're losing to those teams and then beating the teams that now you say there's no way in the world they're going to beat Milwaukee again. No way. Then they come in and beat Milwaukee again. So that's, that's one of the things that's so frustrating, Nick, with this team. And Stace, I think it's a great point. And we went through it last season because you're watching this Bulls team try to find their, their own identity. And that's always a great sign when you're beating up on the teams that you're supposed to beat up on. One of the reasons the Nets have had the success that they've had in the last month or so, they've been beating up on a lot of bad teams or teams that had one of their injured stars out uh, that were missing. So that's all well and good. But when you take a, a, when you take a step back and you look at it from a larger standpoint, I just don't see this bulls team being built for <laughs> the rough and tough postseason. I like, can they win uh, a few of these games against uh, the top tier in the East? Of course we've seen it. But when you start losing to Houston at home and and you're losing to all these different teams that aren't very good, that would be screaming to me as a front office, hey, it's time. And you'd rather make those moves sooner than later because if, if you stay the course and you keep what's in place, you're just delaying the inevitable. The problem, of course, guys, is, and this ties back into why I've been so hard on the front office you've already given away two of your picks. I mean, that deal, you it, it, you know what it reminds me of, the Vucevic thing? That trade where they the, the Bulls acquired campaign and they gave up McDermott and Taj Gibson, <clears throat> and I think like right. a, a pick or something uh, later on. And it was like uh, all those assets at that time were better than campaign. And this Vucevic deal has a chance to, with Wendell Carter Jr. and Wagner, and whatever this next pick is, they could have had the worst asset, which is hard to believe given uh, where where Vucevic was when they made the deal. But that's why you have to have foresight uh, as a front office. So if it's me, 
and I'm watching this team, as much as those glimpses are there, Stace, I'm saying, hey, it's time. This isn't going to work. We're here to win titles, and this team's not close. You know, Nick, you're an ESPN employee. You probably watched Around the Horn, and you know that uh, Tony Reale has banned words on his show. You just brought up campaign. That's banned on the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. So, so uh, you know, you violated multiple rules here on the show by bringing uh, up that trade. The tank commander. The we tank call commander. Him. That's right. Oh. So before we get you out of here, we want to ask you how you're doing on a personal level. ESPN runs you ragged with the net soap opera. You're traveling coast to coast. You're on Sports Center all the time. Did you get a chance to go home for Christmas? Did you get a chance to celebrate a little bit with family? I did, Mark, but I was delayed like the rest of the world three and a half hours getting back to Orlando. Oh, man. So, hey, uh, it is what it is. I, I, I saw my mom and my little brother and my nieces, though, and that was great. But if you if you live the life that we lead and ESPN make sure that they're going to put you to work. Yeah. <laughs> and there is not a lot of time. <laughs> no, no. I, I still I enjoy the job. I enjoy the interactions with fans. Uh, and I'm really looking forward, though, more than probably ever before to this summer. And I'm just hoping that whatever happens with the Nets, it can it can happen before like uh, middle of July. And it can be done this time because right. last summer I moved from San Francisco. I go to New York from the time that plane touched down. The Nets had one soap opera after another. <laughs> and then it just lingered into beginning of this season well i tell you one, one more before i let you go because you, you know you you've you've followed the golden state for a while what is going on with them that they can't win on the road it is really bizarre that they're almost unbeatable at home but they get on the road they look like an average team is it that they're bored and that like you know well we can turn it on and turn it off at any time you you were with this team for a long time give us a little insight about that states the first answer is yes I think there is a championship hangover going on and that has shown through at times when they're playing the awful teams, especially on the road. And they're just like, eh, whatever, <laughs> like, well, well, we'll be ready in the second half when this matters and we can hit the switch in the postseason. So yeah, I think that's a big part of it, but the second part, and this gets lost and goes into the conversation we're having about the bulls and building a roster, building a team the pieces they thought were going to fit on the bench with this group, the Jamichael greens and even Chenzo's played a little bit better of late, but they're not Otto Porter. And I know that's a name of <laughs> that's, that's another, that's really, another band word. Come on. Yeah, I, know. I, I figured I was going to get a mute button or something <laughs> for that, but, but Otto was really good for the Warriors last year. Gary Payton, the second was really good for that team. They were getting lifts on on a nightly basis from people other than Steph and Draymond and Clay uh, when when he came back. But Stace, I I would not want to play this Warriors team in the playoffs. I, I know what John Morant said a couple weeks back. Hey, uh, I'm good in the West. Uh, okay, uh, you want to play Steph Curry in a seven game series <laughs> when he's healthy? You yeah, good play luck motivated with that. Draymond. Clay sadly just isn't the same player that we were used to seeing prior to the injuries, but I think there's a different level he can hit as he continues his own rehab progression. And I don't think this is the, the, the best we're ever going to see from Clay again. I think he will get better, 
Andrew Wiggins, who I was uh, very critical of during his time in Minnesota, he's turned into a hell of a player with this team. So I still believe that the Warriors have a chance to get out of the West this year. But the reason they're struggling on top of a championship hangover is because the bench and the roster depth that was so strong last season isn't the same so far to date this year. Well, Nick, thank you so much for making time for us today. Uh, Happy New Year to you and the family, and we look forward to catching up with you next time you're in Chicago. Always, guys. I love you, and it's always great to be with you. I just hope that somebody in that Bulls front office finally listens to me. <laughs> ah, Nick, did you get for my all sake and for all my friends back at back in Chicago? Your mom, your mom just turned you off right now. She's not listening. I, I mean, hey, we she's know not she's done. That's she's done. She's done. She's <laughs> done. <laughs> but thanks for having me on, guys. The great Nick Friedel, our guest on Give Me the Hot Sauce, rolls on after a quick musical interlude. That sounds sexy, Mark. Musical. <laughs> we are very excited to welcome a new sponsor to the show, the Biggers Auto Group. They've got a new Mazda location in Elgin at 2100 Randall Road. This is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. From really cool SUVs to the awesome Miatas, and introducing the all-electric CX-90 SUV in 2023. Come see the new models for sale at Bigger's Big Mazda Grand Opening on January 14th. And all new test drives at the Grand Opening will receive a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce while supplies last, so make sure you check that out. Don't miss out on a hot new or used Mazda with some hot sauce to go along with it. Grand Opening at 2100 Randall Road, January 14th at Bigger's Mazda. You think uh, Whispers are going to be there, Stace? No. <laughs> no, no, no. He's no. going to be packing the hot sauce, though. That's for sure. Yeah, you know what? He might be there because he's going to be the one delivering yeah. the hot sauce. So, yeah, he's he's definitely going to be there. Well, we're excited to have them on board. Uh, always in looking to welcome new sponsors. I know you were, you were trying with Lou Melnati's. It hasn't really come through yet. but They better hurry up because, uh, you know, there's Trains some, other, there's, there's some <laughs> other pizza places that have been inquiring, you know, inquiring about the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. So I'm holding out for you, Lou. Lou, if you're listening. <laughs> Lou, you're listening. We don't turn nothing down but our collars. Well, we're very excited to have Biggers Mazda on Biggers. board. We want to talk a little football now. I know, Stacy, uh, during the game that we're doing on, on Thursday or Saturday, you became an instant TCU fan, showing that Big 12 prize. First of all, Michigan. first of all, Mark, I went to TCU. Don't sound like <laughs> yeah, a fan, okay? Right. <laughs> you know, we're 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 in the we're in the championship game right now. We? Yeah, we. The the, the horn frogs. You know, you gotta do the horn frog little little yeah. emblem. Uh, yeah, so we are definitely, um, we're definitely going to win a national championship. We talked about no defense in the NBA. There's no defense in college football. Those scores were crazy. Was it 51, 45 and 42 to 41? It's crazy. Listen, Mark, no one gave us a chance to beat the powerful Michigan Wolverines. No one gave us a chance except us, the people, the Horn Frog Nation. Horn Frog Nation. Nation. We were the only ones that believed in ourselves. No one gave us a chance. Yes. And I just want to say. You know, we're the Fiesta Bowl champions, you know, and uh, shout out, shout out to uh, the greater Texas area down there that's, uh, that houses the Horn Frog Nation. I want to send a special shout out as an alumni. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a tough, uh, tough day at my house. Yeah, it was. Yeah, my, both, my son both, both graduated both from Michigan. My daughter yes. graduated from The Ohio State, and they both uh, took an L. Well, you know what? I started to call Brooke. You yeah. know, um, but I, I felt that she was in mourning right now and I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't want to 
She rub took that in. one hard. Yeah, I didn't want to rub it in. They're a 14 going to the fourth yeah. quarter. That those yeah. are the ones that really hurt when you give it away late. Yeah, and they they clearly dominated Georgia. Yeah. Which was a surprise. I, yeah. I didn't think that CJ Stroud had the best yeah, game of the C, year. CJ Stroud looked like an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And I think he really helped his stock against a NBA, I mean NFL caliber defense. I thought he did really well. Um I, w- I was just I was blown away by the way they just gave up at the end. You know, they just kind of went right down the field. They went right down on guys. them, yeah. And it's like they did a great job of containing Georgia in the first, you know, three quarters, and then it just kind of fell apart. Yeah, but you talk about officiating. There were a couple of crucial calls in that fourth Woo! quarter. There was a fourth down stop. That they said they stopped the runner short. You come back from commercial. Oh, first down, Georgia. We took another look at it. He yeah. made the line to gain. Yeah. Then they called targeting in the end zone. Oh, no, no, no. That was okay. And and they yeah. lost Marvin Harrison Jr. for the rest of the game on that play. Well, you know what? His little eye in the sky. Hey, listen. <laughs> uh, we needed Georgia in the finals. And I don't know what you're going to do, but do something. We need Georgia in the national yeah. championship game for a repeat for ratings. Do you think TCU, your TCU Horned Frogs have a chance against Mighty George? Yes. You know what? I mean, listen, you know, all we have to do. We again. All we have to to do, America, is play balance, run and pass, run and pass. Keep them off balance. Um, I think what what really surprised Michigan was is how physical – on defense, TCU was. They were yeah. running to the ball. They were, they were, they were really putting helmets on Michigan players. Like it was, I think it was surprising. I think everyone thought that Michigan would out, you know, would out physical them, you know, because they were bigger, you know, and Big Ten. And uh, but I, I tell you, if they come with the same intensity, because they're fast, they got athletes on defense. It's going to be tough for for Georgia to to do the things that they want to do because you're playing a team that's equally fast as you at the key position. So I think we got a really good chance, Mark. Um, you know, no one's giving us no one's giving us any no any, respect. No, no respect whatsoever. We're gonna we're gonna get respect, America. There he is, a horn frog claw. There it is right there. You know. That's what we do, Mark. That's what we do. Yeah, and that game, Michigan had two through two pick sixes. Three times they had the ball inside the five yard line and it got Stop three total to be points. Cute. No, 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 no. Stop. They tried to trick play the first time. Yeah. Okay. Try to be cute. Try try to be cute. Okay. Then you then you come in with a big package and the dude fumbled at the goal line. After the touchdown was reversed. Just yeah, that should have been a touchdown. That was bad. Okay, that's bad. That's bad. bad. I I will give (laughs) Michigan fans, I that was a bunch of crap, but hey, you still lost. Anyway, go horn frogs. Um you have you have fourth and you have like a, a first and goal. You bring in a big package. You show everybody what you're doing. Yeah. So all you got to do is just hit the gaps. Just stop the gaps. Push the defense. back. And the guy they handed it to had never carried the ball all year. It was like a it was a, a converted linebacker. Yeah. Like you know, come on, man. He got That's boxing good. glove for cute, hands. Yeah. You get cute, <laughs> man. Just stick to the basics. Stick to the basics. Stick to the basics. Okay. Run the ball. Get your with your star number seven. What's his name? I don't know his name, but number seven. Give him the ball or quarterback sneak. Yeah. Simple game, man. Now, you know, just trying to be trying to be cute. Let's play some. Let's let's show that we have razzle dazzle in the Big Ten. Yeah. And now they're talking about Harbaugh going to the NFL. I guess the Denver Broncos, the Colts and the Carolina Panthers all might be interested in. None of those jobs are appealing except for probably Denver because you got a franchise quarterback there. Um, You know, Carolina. Yeah, I don't have no, no, no. They're they're in a, a complete rebuild situation there. You don't have a, a stable quarterback. You've had three or four this year. Now Sam Darnold's turn. So, no, uh, I'd say no to that. Um, what was the other team? Colts. They don't have a quarterback Ooh. either. Jeff Saturday found out it's not so oh, easy being yeah. an NFL Jeff coach. Saturday, Jeff Saturday. He'll be yeah. going back to broadcasting. Jeff Saturday's going to be going back to ESPN <laughs> on Sunday. Okay, so it's over for him. Yeah. Um, and then Denver's really the only team, I think, that if you were picking one of the three – 
that's anywhere entertaining because you got to figure Russell Wilson will be better next year than he's got to he be highly motivated after this oh, terrible year. Yeah, he he had a terrible year. Yeah. Uh, he had a terrible year with his teammates, the media. Uh, the guy that he was going to cry the other day, you know, um, after a game. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah, he's mentally drained. Want to tell you about another great sponsor, our friends at Angel Water, our guy Andy. There's a lot of nasty crap in the Chicago area water. <laughs> That's why we only drink high quality Angel Water here in the Hot Sauce Studios. Stay hydrated all year long with water you can trust. Angel Water, call 847 382 7800. Get your water tested for free today. Ask for our guy, Drew the Water Guru. You well, Drew, Drew Drew the Water Guru is actually Andrew. Is actually Andy. Okay. Okay, I saw him on TikTok the other day. He was doing, he did a commercial on TikTok. And uh, he had a white beater shirt on, and which is like, <laughs> I'm like, he had little hairy shoulders. I'm like, oh, no, that's not that's, a good, I'm not buying, not a good look. I'm not buying water right now from a guy who's got hairy <laughs> shoulders and a white beater on. So we need to change that. Uh, you need to change that, Andrew. Uh, just between Andrew, me and you, we're friends. You getting know, a rough and, ride on Give yes. Me the Hot Sauce. But his water is good, America. I, I love his water. I just don't like his hairy shoulders. Yeah, I'm on my second bottle now. How dry I am. <laughs> <laughs> I no, know. Only it's best. hot in here, man. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> we talk a little NFL before we get out of here. Uh, the Bears are going to close out the season hosting the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings still have an outside shot at getting the, the number suck. one seed. Yeah, they they got pounded by Green Bay and Lambeau. They are they are frauds. Yeah, they're frauds. They, their record is inflated. When they play good teams, they've gotten blown out. Okay, no way in the world Green Bay should go to should even they were playing at home. Should have beaten them that bad. Yeah, and and, and Aaron Rodgers, 17. Aaron Rodgers threw for less than two hundred yards. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is now going around saying that I knew this all along that we we're going to win the last five and get in the playoffs. They still got to beat the Lions. The Lions have probably the best offense in the NFL. They they ripped up on the Bears last weekend. That that won't be an easy game for Green Bay on Sunday night. Aaron Rodgers is trying to act like he's a prophet. Yeah, he quit on the team early in the year. <laughs> he's just well, let's call a spade a spade. He quit on the team. He didn't have receivers. He blamed the receivers for dropping balls. Uh, now that they got the, the the defense is playing better and they're getting a little bit of a running game, they're starting to win games. That's why he only threw less than 200 yards, because the running game is starting to take off. And their defense is solid. They've been able to shut teams down. And now he stands in front of the microphone, you know, yes, I, we're, the only new, we're the only people that believe that we can win. <laughs> yeah, okay, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> you, you dirty dog. So the winner of that game, not, not necessarily Lions. the Lions win. The Lions would need help. If the Lions beat the Packers, they also need Seattle to lose. So they, they I want the Lions to win, man. Now, the reason why I want the Lions is because they've been losers for like a long time. And I watched the, uh, the, hard, the knocks. hard Knocks, Yeah, man. their coach was And, was I, and cool. I, really, I really started to like Dan Campbell. Mm-hmm. Like he's got the best personality, man. And you can tell when, it lo- when he loses, it takes it personal. Like the guy literally wants to cry every time. You know, this big dude's like six foot six. He's muscled. You know, yeah. he's a big he was dude. Former NFL tight end. Yeah, he's a big dude, and he he loves. You can just tell he loves the game. He loves his team. He loves his players. And I don't know how you cannot get motivated playing for a guy like that. Yeah, and the Lions have been hot. I think they won something like six of their last seven. And if so you don't do what he tells you, dude, you might be able to kick your ass. He he's could. a big dude, man. He definitely could he's back it dude. up. There's no question about it. And the Bears, well, they're just worried about what kind of draft pick they're going to get. Would you even play Justin Fields in this last game? Yeah, no. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No, because you, one, you don't want him to get hurt. Right. Two, you're not playing for anything. So let him sit out, try to lose the game, and maybe the Texans win a game. I don't know who the Texans play, but they have a winnable game. <laughs> they could win. Um, and, 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 and I think the Bears end up going number one 
if I'm not mistaken. Well, then I, yeah, if they, if they would lose and the Texans would win, they'd get the first pick. And if you're the Bears right now, like, okay, you don't need a number two pick. Because sometimes well, they're going to trade down. Yeah, they got to trade down and grab picks. Yeah, that's the smart thing to do. Um, you're Some not team gonna, that's I mean, desperate for a quarterback. Unless, there, unless there's a guy out there that's a super stud, that's just like unbelievable that you can't. He's a can't miss prospect. The Carter kid is pretty impressive. Uh, Jay, from Georgia, Jalen Carter from Georgia, big number yeah. eighty-eight in the middle of the line. I like C.J. Stroud though, C.J. But we already have a quarterback. Yeah. We already have an Ohio State quarterback. Yeah. But the Bears need to just trade down and try to get multiple picks because somebody's going to want to get up and they say, let's say, let's say somebody wants to get number two and they they need a quarterback because there's a lot of teams that right. need quarterbacks. Yeah. So you know who who's to say that a team won't pass like Carolina Panthers at nine? They might give up a whole boatload of of picks to get to the number two so they can guarantee to grab one right. of those quarterbacks, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. It happens every year. They do these draft projections, and they, they put in guys like defensive linemen and linebackers, and it's always the first three picks of quarterbacks. You know, yeah. So some teams are going to get desperate. They're going to trade up, and the Bears are sitting in a perfect position. Looking they could pretty. get, like, three number one picks out of this thing. So looking, sweet. looking pretty. So the future is looking good, even though this season has been a tough watch. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going to lie about that. Speaking of watching, Stacy's been traveling all around the country, so he hasn't been able to catch up on a lot of TV. But uh, what, what have you been watching? You any recommendations for the folks? You know, I'm, I'm big into mysteries and murders and maiming and all these kind of things. So, <laughs> so, when, so when I'm on the road, when I'm on the road a lot of times. You're doing that. I, and- there's, there's really nothing to watch, you know. So yeah. I watch this show called Snapped. Okay, there's like 20 years of episode. I don't know if you watched it, but all you guys out there, let me tell you, you need to watch this. All men, boyfriends, husbands, you need to watch Snap because uh, it's about women snapping on their boyfriends or husbands <laughs> and collecting insurance and doing all kind of stuff. So you need to watch them because that's what it's that's what it's all about. Women snapping, they can't take yeah. any more whatever, and they kill their significant other. And I'm not stressing that anybody do that, but I'm stressing for all men to watch it so you see the signs. That if your woman tries to turn on you and she decides to, you know, she never cooked before, but all of a sudden one day she wants to cook dinner for you. I'm a professional analyst. (laughs) Be putting rat poison in there. What else you got? You got anything else for the folks this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, Forensic uh, Files. That's one of my, um, that's another one of my favorites. This is kind of like an old person show. Okay. But I'm young, but I like this show because I like to see. That in kind of 48 hours. Like I like these, these police things. And this, the Forensic Files is pretty cool because. It, it tells you stories of things that have happened to someone, like someone was murdered, and then you got to follow along to find out who the suspect was and the clues and everything. So it's really, really cool. The only thing about Forensic Files, they need to up, update it because it's like old stuff. Like you'll see some stuff like in 1967, right. like, you know, where the picture's grainy. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, come on, man. I like the show, but let's get it back into the new millennium. Let's get it back towards more, more today stuff. But it's an awesome show. So does it come on after Golden Girls? It comes on every... Oh, well, that's uncalled for, Mark. Okay, there's no damn Golden Girls, okay? All right? This has its own channel. It's on its... I think it's on the History Channel, if I'm not mistaken. But it's on its own channel, and it, it's, it runs like 24 hours a day. It's, it's really good, man. Dateline. And Dateline's another one of my shows with the... What's the dude's name? Keith, uh, that looks like Jack Frost. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the, dude, the dude always ultra makes... Ultra suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, the dude always makes the... Makes everything look so bad. And you know, another, wait a minute, before I go there, one of my favorite shows that's no longer playing is How to Catch a Predator. 
Okay. That was awesome. I don't know if any of y'all saw okay, with Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. <laughs> Mark, you ever seen it? No. Oh, okay. No. So it's, it's it's about these these guys sneaking in, trying to you know they're pedophiles and they're trying to you know uh, seduce children or something. So they 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 have a sting operation going. So these dudes show up to the house thinking they're talking to like a thirteen year old. And so when they're looking for this 13-year-old to come out, the girl answered the door, hold on, I'll be right back. I got to get some cookies. I'll make some cookies. So she goes into the kitchen. So the guy sits down. She'll say, make yourself at home. And the guy will sometimes will take his shirt off and just like a freak. And then all of a sudden, Chris Hansen will come out. Yeah. And he'll pop out of the kitchen. And he'll say, what are you doing here? <laughs> he said, what, what are you doing? And then he, the guy goes, oh, I was just here to, I was just here to, you know, to bring some, you know, to meet this girl. She said she was of age. And he goes, well, that's not what the transcript says because they you know they have all the, the, the texts and emails. And, and so he says, um, he goes, well, why are you naked? <laughs> why are you sitting naked? <laughs> Chris Hansen plays that role. So, and then the guy go, I, I, I think I know who you are. And he goes, because you're that guy that always catches people. He goes, yeah. He says, well, can I go? And the guy goes, Chris Hansen goes, yeah, you can leave. You're free to go. No one's stopping you. So he, as soon as he walks out the house, he gets slammed by the police. They tackle him. It's like it's like three, it's like it's like three or five linebackers running and tackling him. That's another good show. But they, but Chris Hansen got in trouble for domestic violence, so the the tables got turned on him. <laughs> so, so he's no longer doing that show. But that used to be a classic show too. Hey, if you're a fan of stand up comedy, you got to check out the latest special by uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. This guy is just hilarious. The facial expressions, the stories he tells are are just unbelievable. His latest one called "Is It Me?" and he tells. Some great stories, Stacey. He's 49 years old, and I don't know if this is his second wife or whatever, but he has like a, a, a five-year-old uh, son and a three-year-old daughter. So he's dealing with uh, having to go to take him to nursery and daycare and all this stuff. And some of the stories he tells. At 49? Yeah, Ooh. that's just crazy. You know, he's talking about Ooh. you know parents inviting him to, to to pizza parties and stuff. He goes, hey, I'm 49 years old. I'm not looking to make new friends. <laughs> so, I, I bet you that is hilarious yeah. because you can only – imagine having I like I can't even imagine it but being you know almost in your 50s and having children yeah. Ooh, man you, you know it's like, so hey, taking a kid into preschool hey, and hey dad let's go out there and throw the football around like you're like 65 and he's 10 all of a sudden man your back goes out shoulder goes out you go into the hospital with a torn Achilles yeah because you're trying to keep up man nah nah bro. no he said most most of the playing with the, the youngest one he says it's done on the ground he goes my knee hurts you know it's, <laughs> I don't want to be standing up too long so yeah it, it's tough when you have kids at that age they think grandpa's taking them to school instead of their dad well you know? good good for him man I mean listen hey he found him found him a young wife yeah keeps him young Keeps them, you know, keeps them moving around, and uh, that's awesome. But I mean, oof, as far as kids, but doing well in the comedy. Because I tell you what, the comedy circuit. If you're if you're a person in comedy, uh, and talking about life issues, that's funny. Because there are more people yeah. out there with kids and married yeah. that will find that funny. You know, when the com the comedians who are don't are not married, don't have kids, you know, they, they pretty much say the same stuff. You know, but when you talk, start talking about life issues and my wife did this or yeah. I went, you know, uh, the laundry was done, I done, the kids did this, kid that, that is more fun for people who are actually in real life situations. And you see the empty chair if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, Whispers is out celebrating his anniversary. He started the show by saying some really dumb things regarding his wife, which he'll <laughs> Just regret. Just like Whispers. And the first <laughs> 10 minutes of uh, Mattis Calco's bit was all about his wife, which is hilarious. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's on Netflix, and I think you enjoy it. The other thing, I, I just finished uh, season three of Jack Ryan uh, with John Krasinski. With John, that that yes. was very good, too. Yes, so, the, the original Jack Ryan is the show, though. Yeah, yeah. That's the best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's oh, man. 
So we gave you some recommendations as we start the new year. We always try to give you some stuff that you might want to watch. I mean, everybody's got multiple streaming channels. We're trying to edit it down for you that uh, maybe you can uh, enjoy over the coming weeks. As we start out 2023, we wish everybody a happy and healthy new year. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, our prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family as he tries to recover from that uh, tragic accident on the field or the incident on the field in Cincinnati. Uh, again, we wish uh, Whispers and his wife a happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, thank, Maureen and Tim. Yeah, we thank everybody cool. for listening and watching. And uh, Maddie's reminding me we've got one more sponsor that we need to do. Mention. Will it be Biggie Bagels? <laughs> Coffee Coffee or Dashing Donuts? <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, are you out there listening? Yeah, I can, I can do my, it on the Mike's show, Mike's out with a shotgun if we hey, don't mention hey, it, man. That'd be hey, hell to pay. Hey, I'm just telling you, hey, <laughs> we don't turn nothing down, but I call up here, uh, give me the hot sauce. So Dunkin' Donuts, if you're listening, is it Coffee Coffee or is it Dashing Donuts? <laughs> All right, I'm going back to Windy City right now. Shout out to my boy, Mike Amaroth, who's out there, like I said, doing push-ups in the rain, okay, with his shirt <laughs> off. It's cold as hell out there, but he's out there doing push-ups and running suicides. Uh, and he tried to, he's not being, he's not getting me chicken today. So he said not doing no, it. No, you know, stopped, if you have a chicken today. Let me tell you, you know, no, he stopped and got me a coffee over at Starbucks, so that was really nice of yeah. Mike. So shout out to Mike. Uh, Windy City Limousine preside, provides championship service. <sighs> oh, that, I did that. Oh, I was falling asleep. I'm sorry. Uh, making a reservation is so easy, it's a slam dunk. Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination in style like they do me every week contact wendy at 847-916-9300 or go online to windycitylimos.com and tell them stacy sent you you may not get a discount but at least to try you never know <laughs> i can't believe that uh whispers is driving all the way to st charles to have dinner well, listen, if you know Maureen, you know, she, he's driving out there. Well, he, he should have yeah. used Windy City Limo. Well, he should, he, we got to pay for it. You don't get no free rides. <laughs> where, where, do you, where are you bargaining? You got to bargain something. You got to trade something. What are you trading? So you're, you're saying he doesn't have a talent that he could use to bargain? No, he has nothing. He could call pretending to be Christopher Walken. That might get him a ride. No, they would try to charge him extra. <laughs> they know Christopher Walken has his own people. So no, no, no. He, he's Listen, we've already worked this out. I tried to get Mike to give him a ride, you know, over, I don't know when it was. It was somebody's birthday or something, his daughter's birthday. He asked me to get, you know, call up Mike, find out Mike, you know, can Mike give him a ride? I like Mike, you know, Whispers, because he likes Whispers. Yeah, oh, sure. I love Whispers. Whispers yeah. is funny. Da, da, da. So I thought, okay, he loves Whispers. You take care of he's him. Gonna, he's going to take care of him. Yeah. Mike, I need, uh, you think you can get Whispers? No. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to finish it up. I didn't even get a chance to finish the question. Like, I was like, hey, Mike, do you think, you know, you can give Whispers a ride? Yeah. That was the intention I yeah. was going to say. But I was like, hey, Mike, do you think you can give Whispers? No. I'm like, oh, snap. <laughs> like, it's like Whispers singing the nationwide jingle. Oh, One he, word he, and he, you uh, shut yeah, down. But he, whispers, I'm telling you, man, I, I, I love that boy. Okay. I mean, we, we go back a long way, me and Timmy Whispers. I mean, we've, we've had some great times together over our 30 years of abuse. And America, I know y'all think I abuse Timmy Whispers. Okay. But now that he's not here, I can be honest with you guys. <laughs> I can be really. Because you'll never hear it, right? I, I can be really honest with you guys. It's like I'm sitting on a couch right now talking to America. America, there is no abuse. Okay. <laughs> the only. <laughs> The only abuse is him abusing me. I can never say anything. You know what? You know when you get in trouble and someone like kidnapped you or you're in danger and they say blink three times. Have you guys noticed every time I talk to you on this podcast that I'm constantly blinking and no one picks it up? Okay. Or, or, I, or I rub the ear, you know, like something. I'm giving you a clue. I'm giving you a clue that I'm in trouble and no one has picked it up yet. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, so it's, I stopped doing it, but I've been the one being abused America. 
and it's hurt me. I can only say that now because he's not here, and I don't, I, I don't have to be fearing for my life. Yeah. Okay, but please help me. Please <laughs> help me. I'm in danger. Please, please help me. Well, that's going to bring down the curtain on episode 113 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. Our special Woo! thanks to the Sriracha crew, Nick Friedel, for jumping on. He still hasn't paid off that bet. He still owes Stacy oh, steak oh, dinner. But don't even get me yeah. started. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that, Mark. We got some people over there camping outside his apartment. <laughs> I got my boys out there. So, so Nick will pay up. There's He's no question about it. He's going to pay one way or the other. So make sure you watch all the Bulls games this week. But coming up on Saturday, your boy gets to do another game with Stacy. Yes! Bulls, America! Utah Jazz from the United States. America! We went to the bullpen again. They said it would never happen. They said it would never happen. No one expected this to happen, but I am so happy for Mark Chanowski. He's coming back on the show. He's he's coming back and do a game on Saturday. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we had a we had a blast. You know, if we lose another game, Mike, you know, Mark <laughs> Mark might not be able to do any more games because he's how many games have you won? What's your United, record? United Center Security is going to come out. Well, what is your record now? What, what is your record? Well, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go, America. <laughs> We're going to win. The, we're going to beat Lowry Market in the Utah Jazz. We're going to win. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to win. And so are Stacey's Horned Frogs. Go Bulls and Horned Frogs. That's going to do it. Horned Frogs. <laughs> you got the open to close. Get us out of here, D. Get us out of here, D. Bravo, save you, Chicago. Beep, beep. Oh, my goodness. Give me the hot sauce, Bill. Give me the hot sauce. What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? Assassin does it again. Big time players make big time plays. Give me the hot sauce. Give me the hot sauce. Fuck. Woo!